Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day, and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. It is now time to get amongst the fourth instalment of the NRL 2024 season preview series. And as the new year rapidly approaches, whilst I am still attempting uh, to process 2021, well, pre-season, it's underway, uh, Christmas break now, then the players get back to it, and we are inching ever so close to the return of the footy season. So what is in store for today? The Gold Coast Titans, sorry, I was going to burp, Gold Coast, and I was trying to hold it in because I knew if I burped I'd have to stop, and I'm on a roll. We're on a roll here. We're going, the intro's going, no burps allowed, sorry. Uh, What is in store for today? The Gold Coast Titans season preview. We're going to talk the fullback conundrum, Three elite fullbacks. Where do you fit them into the team? Who starts in the number one? Uh, We've got Des Hasler's arrival, a premiership winning coach uh, who's at the club, world-class forwards, and premiership ambitions, uh, which the Titans organization, yes, they've never won a premiership, uh, but we've seen them uh, really set a goal. I can't remember the exact years. They had a five or ten year plan. I think they wanted two NRL premierships between NRLW and NRL. So the ambition is there. Uh, We'll talk a bit about that throughout the podcast. And if you've been following the series, shout out to you. I very much appreciate your efforts. Uh, If you're a first time listener, welcome. And for not just a sports report, uh, in this little off-season break, I've been brainstorming, I've been putting things together and there are some massive plans for 2024, uh, and it'll all be kicking off from the 1st of January. Uh, So there'll be a lot of new additions on the Instagram uh, that are going to be more so than not just a sports report side, Uh, so not all sports related. Got a couple of interesting uh, ideas in the pipeline ready to go in the new year. Uh, Also, like this past year, Going to have an NRL preview podcast and an NRL review podcast, the weekend wrap. Uh, But I'm going to tinker with the formats a little bit. Also going to be doing UFC full tilt next year, uh, as well as not just a sports report weekly. Uh, Now, for the UFC ones, the NRL, uh, I do a lot of notes, a lot of research. So that takes a lot of my time up. I won't be doing any notes for not just a sports report weekly. Sometimes I won't do it. So if I don't have time between everything else, uh, it's just like a little spare podcast. And I'm going to use that to talk about whatever. Could be something totally unrelated to sport. Uh, or it could be English Premier League, you know, the cricket, Big Bash, NBA, NBL, boxing. Uh, so that's going to be a podcast well, yeah, we can talk some more sports because I follow a lot of them. AFL uh, is another one that's coming up, which I don't cover. 
so not just the Sports Report Weekly. I will be more of a focus on that, and it won't be everything each week. Just week to week, it's going to be whatever I'm feeling like. So podcasts coming out thick and fast, including the continuation of this season preview series. The best way to keep up with all this new content in 2024 is to follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report or simply give us a follow on your preferred streaming platform that you're listening to this podcast on right now and you'll be able to see it all and yeah there's a few few surprises in the mix uh, I'm looking at a couple of giveaways as well I've got some interesting ideas so at not just a sports report on Instagram if you want to keep up with that but today it is all about the Gold Coast Titans such a promising club, but the results in this past season were just not there for them. Are the Gold Coast primed to rise up the ranks next season? Well, this is what we're here for. Let's have a look. Uh, now, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to make my ladder prediction, which uh, I did for the Tigers, Dragons, and Bulldogs before this. Uh, but the main purpose of this podcast aren't my predictions it's more so an overall preview so the prediction very much secondary uh, and the main focus today let's have a look at all things Gold Coast Titans so as they enter their 18th NRL campaign gee whiz time flies by I remember when the Titans came into the comp 18 years now in their existence uh, and the club has shifted their focus toward premiership success. That is the overriding message coming from the top of the club and Mel Meninga and company have made no secret of their desire to be a premiership powerhouse, which was highlighted in this past year by the brutal axing of Justin Holbrook uh, midway through what proved to be a pretty disastrous campaign for the club. Now, there weren't any controversies. They weren't doing West Tigers where they were constantly in the news. But for the club that they've built and the roster they have at their disposal, particularly uh, some of their young Fords, it just was so far below standard. Now, what baffles me with the Titans is the fact that there is a glaring weakness in their brand of football. Defence. Uh, like I said, I've been doing two podcasts a week on NRL over this past year, the year before as well, I've been doing it for a bit. And with the Titans, where I've landed from watching them closely, there's so much to love. They have attacking flair all across the park. You look at their back line, so much strike. Alofi Khan Pereira can score a try. Uh, the fullbacks that they have at their disposal. But defence, it just continues to let them down. Uh, and there are games where they look great, and then there are games where they just shit the bed. And I mentioned time and time again on the podcast over this past year, Titans, there was a point where people were saying, you know, if, oh, if they hadn't lost these close games or things like that, they would be a top four side. And I was thinking more like, well, they're not. They're not even in the top eight. So why look at it as like, yeah, there's a lot to love, and if they fixed a couple of things, they could be on top of the ladder. They could be a top four side, 
but it keeps coming back to defence. Time and time again, that's been what's let the club down. Des Hasler. This is going to be a very interesting test for the club. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the appointment. He brings a technical footy IQ. And Desi, he is the pioneer of breaking down video. He does it so much so that I don't think it's fun for the players. Video sessions in general, not fun for the players, but I am, I believe Des goes even to those extra lengths. But when you look at the Titans and their defense, I think a guy like Hasler coming in and looking so closely at everything and breaking it down to within an inch of its life, well, they're going to be forced to sit there. Sorry if you heard my stomach rumble. Goodness gracious. Constant theme of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, if he sits these guys down, shows them video, and breaks it down, they're going to have to wise up. Because, you know, when they show up and play footy week to week, it's going to be in the back of your mind. Like, uh, if I do X, Y, and Z wrong, that is going to be broken down in the video session. So I could just save myself some time by doing it right and we can just get out of those sessions faster. So it's gonna be a big education for these players and a lot of them already world-class. Others who look like they could be of that caliber under the right coach. Uh, So I love the addition a lot. And like I keep going back to defense for the Titans, that is absolutely without a doubt where I think things are going wrong. That, is a lot more fixable though. Like when I've looked at other clubs, I did the Tigers podcast right before they swept the board out. And there's a couple of clubs, kind of like the Tigers Dragons, where it seems like the board members, the suits, the big wigs are the problem, which is a lot harder to fix with like egos, power hungry people, shit like that. Defense, that's all on attitude. That is a lot more fixable. You never hear about the Gold Coast Titans are having a board meeting or revolt against the board or shit like that. All we see is Mel Meninga, really, who is kind of the face of the decision-making. He's on Fox Sports every Saturday, so he's very much accountable for that side of things. Des Hasler, even I'm thinking about when Des Hasler was most recently at Manly. Des Hasler walks into a club that have their shit together. It is just defense. So it's a big education for them. Some raw footballing talents in this side uh, that are going to be so much better for this development. Uh, So last thing I wrote on the defense side, uh, that definitely for me remains the biggest question mark surrounding the Titans prospects for this upcoming season. At their best, Gold Coast can compete with any side in the competition. They boast three of the best young forwards in the world, David Fafita, Mo Fotoweka, and of course, Captain Taino Fasumala-Awe. So as far as go forward and laying the platform, a foundation to build on game to game, that shouldn't be an issue, getting on the front foot. So it's going to be up to everyone else to really do their job because if Titans are getting that go for it, it opens up the game for Jaden Campbell, Brimson, Foran, uh, and even someone like Sam Verrills, who's very crafty out of acting half. Question I wrote in my notes, will the Titans 
sink or swim in 2024? I'm actually not sure. I think there are so many ways this could go. They could do what the Panthers did in 2020 and come in and like start very strong. And we think, oh, hell yeah. And by the end of the season, they could be right in the mix of the premiership. But at their worst, they could win the spoon. Now, there's too much class in that Ford pack for them to win the spoon, I believe. They are one of these clubs that could just go either way. It's weird that I don't think we'd be shocked if Titans finished last. I think we kind of would. And if they finished first, it'd be like, well, I mean, you look at their squad, it's there. It's ready to go. I think they'll finish somewhere between first and last, but it's very hard to tell whether they're going to sink or swim. The one thing I am very confident about is that Des Hasler is the exact coach this club needs. On to my X Factor player for the Gold Coast. Uh, Now, I've been doing an X Factor player for each club. This is basically a very influential player And I'm also thinking in-game, like the actual rugby league side of things. Who can make that difference for the Titans between top eight and an amazing season and another year of disappointment? I'm going Tino for Suomalawe. Yes, I am. I know they've got Jaden Campbell. When you think X-Factor, well, fucking hell. He was born with it. He got Preston Campbell's genes. He has X-Factor running through his veins. That we have seen. Uh, So does a guy like Brimson, uh, who his biggest battle and his biggest rival has been the casualty ward, being injured. So if he can stay on the park, he provides plenty of X-Factor. Tino Fasua Malawe. He's my pick. Uh, And I'm going to kind of give you my perspective of why I'm looking at Tino. And it may be unfair uh, to kind of, not compare, but put him up against the best in the world. Actually, I don't think it's unfair because he's already considered one of the best in the world. He plays internationals, um, origins, won a World Cup. But I think of Joseph Tarpane, Adam Fanua Blake, Payne Haas. Uh, Tarpane more so season 2022. Middle Fords. Now, over the last couple of years, there's been talk, is a middle Ford worth a million dollars? I think previously, no. Now, what I have seen is just as important as halfbacks is either one absolute world beater in the middle or two, which has been the standard. Uh, Jared Fisher-Harris, Jared Fisher-Harris, fucking hell, hyphenated mix-up. James Fisher-Harris. Ah, shit, I hope he's not listening. Intimidating, dude. Uh, Fisher-Harris and Leota. Moses Leota. They are the benchmark. They've set the standard. And without individually having that, you know, season where they are the best front rower in the world, as a combination, they are unbeatable. They are undisputed. Uh, But I think about that Joseph Tarpane season where he was just, otherworldly, and he was the best front rower in the world. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake Payne Haas, uh, most recently in 2023, they both make 
such a huge difference and soon to be making a difference for Cronulla. Then you look at Tino Fasul Malaawe, who is definitely in the class of all the aforementioned players, but is yet to really have that season, you know, where he just puts up insane numbers, which again is probably an unfair call. But yeah, I look at the top of the competition. Penrith, obviously, they are the heavyweights. Leota, Fisher-Harris, uh, Lenu, for the last few years, have been hugely important for them. Adenfenua Blake, Tarpanay, Payne Haas. Uh, look at the Broncos and look at how big Haas was for them in this past season. Same with Adden for the Warriors. He was hugely crucial uh, in that rise back up the table. I think that's the key here. I think Tino is that X factor where he doesn't have to be you know, running for 300 meters and all this crazy shit, but just defense isn't an issue for him. It's the rest of the team that kind of need to lift themselves to his standard uh, in that aspect. So for Tino, I just think like the trajectory of his career is that he's priming himself now over the next five to seven years, given how young he is, uh, for those monumental seasons. And the fact that he's already the Titans captain, he's already a World Cup winner, he's already won an Origin series. Uh, let me check exactly how old he is. Because, yeah, he's so far from his prime. And that's kind of my thinking here, that uh, whilst we already consider him one of the best front rowers in the world, we haven't even scratched the surface with Tino. So I think 2024, if he can stay healthy, injury-free, as far as X-Factor, we look at how important the props are in this modern-day game. Tino is that X-Factor through the middle. He has Mo Fodawaka alongside him. Isaac Liu, who has a lot of experience. Uh, so he's not short of some partners in that front row. Uh, a lot of the Titans train and trialists play in the middle. Uh, they've also got a couple of middle development players. So clearly, uh, in terms of where the Titans are looking to for depth, it is that front row. But we know who the leaders are. Tino is the captain. So alongside that responsibility... I'm giving him the X-Factor player. Uh, I was going to say honours, but <laughs> I don't think anyone's on it. I don't think Tino. Uh, given everything he's done, would be that on it. He's fucking 23. Soon he'll be 24 before the season starts. Like that makes it any less impressive. So, 24. Tino will be next season. 24 years old. A lot of guys take until their late 20s, early 30s to really be at their best as far as front rowers. Tino, I've already just talked about his resume. Uh, so that just makes sense to me. X-Factor player Tino Fasumala-Awe. Let me just see what I wrote in my notes here. Tino's time to lead the way forward for this promising outfit. Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, he will have gained so much from the international tours and Origin series going away from the World Cup. Uh, Billy Slater and his learnings for Queensland. And yeah, you see it a lot where players, they go into these international camps, they come out uh, even better than before. I think that'll be the case for Big Tino. 
You've also got Des Hasler. I say now for Sue Malawi. After being at a club with some instability, he got along very well with Holbrook, who was then given the boot. Uh, I think having a coach like Des Hasler, it erases a lot of the concerns about the long-term future. Hasler does seem like the answer. So Tino, he can just focus on the football. Uh, he's got the captaincy role, which I spoke about. Uh, defense, I've also spoken about, but I wrote, needs to be the priority for this entire team. Uh, and with that, I think they can lighten t- uh, Tino's workload and have him at his best when he's out there. Don't make him get through all the shit work. And I think that's where Hasler is going to be a masterful coach because he's going to pick the right guys who just have that fucking go, which is what you need. Because at times, Titans, there are times where they're coming out of their own yardage uh, and there are players who, you know, in the back line, things like that, they should be taking some carries Uh, And at times they shy away from that. And Tino has to get really stuck in, do much uh, much more extra work. I can't speak English. Uh, Whereas I think he's an attacking threat close to the line. So if you don't wear him down with that defensive workload, he can be an option close to the line. I have no doubt about that. State of origin. The series toll. Uh, Tino, you would have to say he's going to get selected if fit. So he will have to navigate another Origin series. Titans are going to be looking for middles to shoulder that load. Especially if Mo Fortawaker gets picked again. That seems to be what could not derail their season, but if they're kind of floating between top eight contender uh, and missing out, Origin rolls around. They lose David Fafita, Tino, and potentially Fortawaker as well. They will be exposed a little bit. Uh, and Tino is the X-Factor player. I thought I had something else there at the bottom of the notes. That's what I wrote. Tino is the X-Factor player. What is X-Factor? Do you want a definition? You probably don't. So there it is. Tino Fasua Malawi. I really believe he's primed to level up once again. Okay, now it is time to jump in to the Gold Coast Titans coaching staff for 2024. Uh, This will be a relatively quick segment. I need to take a breath. Hold on. (laughs) I've come in here hot. Forgot to breathe. Let me just breathe. Okay, we're ready to go. Coaching staff, our head coach, Des Hasler. I've spoken about him a bit already throughout this podcast. Two premierships as a coach. Uh, so we know, we know what he brings to the table in that regard. Uh, but two premierships as a player as well. Many may not know Des Hasler quite the player in his day. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Desi is now 62 years old. I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, not that 62 is super old, but yeah, Desi looks fucking unbelievable for his age. That's how I'm probably going to look once I'm 30. Uh, Now, he has 12 caps for Australia as a player, 12 for New South Wales in origin, over 300 games of first grade. So Des Hasler, he's a proven player. He is also a proven coach over his two stints at Manly. Uh, Most of his legacy created during the first stint. 
uh, of course, than he really added to his coaching resume during his time at the Bulldogs. Two grand final appearances, unfortunately, losses in both of those. Uh, but Desi, responsible for seasons such as Tom Trebojevich and his Dali Amir and Ben Barber. Sorry, I just fucking burped. We, we shall keep going. Sorry, my apologies for that one. Uh, but yeah, he's also responsible for the Ben Barber season. Now for Des, he inherits an amazing roster at the Titans. He's not walking in uh, to a rabble like what Benji has to handle at the Tigers. Although yes, he does have good players. Just the general situation uh, with the other clubs toward the bottom of the 2023 ladder. Titans in much better shape than a lot of those lower sides. Uh, but I guess that is what makes it concerning that they are lingering down there. Uh, now, final thoughts on the appointment of Des Hasler. I think it's going to make a very positive impact. Uh, I think it's the education that some of these raw talents need. Uh, and I think overall, the club, I, th I think they've found the right guy. They want to go for premierships. Well, Des Hasler, in terms of who's available, shut up, laptop, put you on mute. Uh, in terms of who is available, you're not going to get a lot better than Des Hasler. Uh, now, looking at the assistants, Michael Monaghan, who actually played it with Des, or under Des, sorry, fucking hell, I think Des, uh, a little bit before Michael Monaghan's time. Uh, but Michael Monaghan, he's played plenty of first grade, uh, including at the Sea Eagles under Des. Uh, he also coached as an assistant with Des at Manly while Des was head coach from 2018 to 2022. So Michael Monaghan arrives at the club in a coaching capacity. Most recently, Monaghan was coaching the Knights' New South Wales Cup side. Uh, you've also got former Melbourne and Raiders player Brett White, uh, who was quite the player as well himself. Uh, seems to be quite the coach. Word is, uh, he's a very quality coach to have. Seems like he'll be at the Titans long term. Very highly rated. And he's only going to get better in terms of of his coaching development, working under the mad scientist in Des Hasler. Uh, so Brett White, still at the club, and Jim Lenahan, who bravely stepped up to manage the side on an interim basis last season. Uh, Jim Lenahan, clearly a valued member of what the Titans are trying to build, hence being kept on as an assistant. So Titans 2024 coaching staff, you've got Des Hasler, head coach, and assistants, Michael Monaghan, Brett White, and Jim Lenahan. Gains and losses time, and then we'll have a look at the full Gold Coast squad. Our Titans, not super busy in the player market. I think they've got a lot of the pieces that they need. Uh, maybe they're just waiting to target uh, Ben Hunt. Or something like that. Uh, but let's start with the losses. Uh, actually, let's start with the gain. The gain, quickly, that I believe is actually the biggest and most significant of any of these gains and losses. Des Hasler, who I just mentioned. That could be the biggest coup of the lot. Uh, but as for the Titans' losses, uh, Jacob Alec, who is a Papua New Guinea international, very promising player. I thought he'd stick around at the Titans. He's been listed as unsigned 
uh, which is curious. I would imagine he'd be able to find a club. Are the Titans working on something there? Well, he was listed as a loss. I think maybe uh, he's got a Super League deal. Trying to line that up. Uh, also, Papua New Guinea expansion. If there is to be a PNG club in the next few years, Jacob Alec. Uh, we may see him pop up at the club. Just saying. Uh, other losses for the Titans. Joe Verna, who's unsigned. And Cruz Leeming, the Englishman, going back over to the Super League. This time, he'll be lining up with the Wigan Warriors, the reigning champions. Uh, Cruz Leeming, I'm a fan. I kind of paid attention to him in the Super League, but he wasn't someone like a name that I was really, you know, watching this space for, like a Jack Wellesby and a few others, where it's like, oh, they're going to pop up in the NRL. Uh, but he did. He came over to the Titans. I thought he played really well. And back off to the Super League, I'm sure. He got a nice little bump up in the pay packet after uh, getting some time in the NRL. As far as gains for the Titans, uh, Keenan Palacia. This is a very big one, not just in stature, uh, but also in addition to the guys like Fodueka and Fasua Malawi, Keenan Palacia adds some real crunch. He's going to be going across the highway, arriving at the Titans from the Broncos in peak form, where he featured prominently uh, in Brisbane's run to the finals and subsequently the grand final. Now, what is fantastic about the signing of Palacia, he has the ability to play in the front row, also on an edge, uh, but I believe he could be the one to wear the Titans 13 next season. No lock, in, uh, no pun intended, in terms of who has that 13 jersey. No one's got a mortgage on it. I believe that may be where they've signed Palacia. Got him over with the lure of starting in the 13. Uh, so yeah, Keenan Palacia, that is a very big signing. And I think we're going to see him complement the Ford pack they already have very nicely. So that is a big green tick, the signing of Keenan Palacia. Uh, they got that one in pretty early as well, before last season had even really started. So good signing. Eyes up fucking recruitment from the Titans there. Uh, and the other player they signed is a player that I am actually a huge fan of. Watched him coming through the juniors. Thought that he would be part of the long-term future at the Raiders. But he has landed at the Gold Coast Titans. Secured a release. That being young center Harley Smith Shields. Uh, now he got an opportunity for the Raiders this past season. Had debuted, I think, the season before. I uh, got a start at left center, but just couldn't cement the position. The performances weren't quite there, despite being an awesome young player. Uh, and the Raiders, in terms of how they were playing as a cohesive unit, were not great. Uh, then, of course, we saw Jared Croker return at left center. Uh, and Harley didn't work his way back in to first grade. Uh, but this is a signing that I love for the Titans. I don't believe he'll be in their round one lineup, uh, but I certainly think throughout the year, this is a player who will be pushing uh, some of the guys that are starting in the back five. Also got the Mel Meninga effect. Uh, you want to talk about a center who's done some things at Canberra? Look no further than Mel Meninga. Uh, so he'll be one to really help guide and develop Harley Smith Shields. And whilst he's not the coach of the Titans, 
he is the coach of the Australian Kangaroos at international level. Uh, so he still has a lot to offer in terms of advice to the players. Uh, Melmaninga, we don't see anything about power struggles or things we see at the Dragons or Tigers. Uh, with this club, Melmaninga seems to stay out of the way in terms of the coaching side, let the coach do their job and be more of an administrator. But I still think uh, in terms of just passing knowledge on uh, in little little occasional pieces, you know, rather than acting like a coach, uh, it, that's going to be something that boosts the Titans. So Harley Smith-Shields, if he needs someone uh, other than Des Hasler to go to for advice, I mean, Mel Meninga knows a thing or two about being a great center. Uh, Harley, he'll be in the mix throughout the year for selection. Let's see if he can win a spot over the preseason. Uh, now, the Titans squad, top 30, uh, which I'll just go through the names, development players, and train and trial. Titans top 30, Aaron Shoup, uh, who is a center, but I could see him playing in the back row in 2024. They did try him there at Queensland Cup level toward the back end of this year. And Aaron Shop, center or back row, we'll have to see. AJ Brimson, center or fullback, we'll have to see. Alofi Khan Pereira, I don't think we'll have to see. I would imagine, uh, given the year he's just had, that he will start on the left wing. Loves a meat pie, does AKP. Bo Fermor, uh, he is another young forward who is tremendous, was on the cusp of origin selection uh, before getting injured in the preseason for 2023. If Fermor is fit and healthy, my goodness, my goodness, he is going to have a part to play, uh, especially given the guidance of Des Hasler. I'm very excited to see what a potential back row combo of Fafita and Fermor could look like uh, with that extra education from a guy like Hasler. Brian Kelly, uh, Chris Randall came over to the club last year as a dummy half. I think he's really reinvented himself as a middle forward, but can offer depth uh, if Sam Verrills goes down. David Fafita, Aaron Clark, uh, similar to Chris Randall, played dummy half, uh, transitioned into a middle forward. Isaac Liu, a premiership winner with the Roosters, uh, a lot of experience to offer in terms of combina that was not an English word. I was going to say com combining or combinations. Uh, and then I just said whatever the fuck that was. Uh, but in terms of Leo combining with the young forwards, like Palacia, Fasumalawe, Fodawaka, Leo is that senior experienced leader. So he himself will have a lot to offer these young players. Isaac Fasumalawe, Jamin Jolliffe, there's another Ford who may not be, uh, you know, a household name like some of the aforementioned guys, but Jamin Jolliffe, fuck, he's a good player. Jaden Campbell, an excellent player in his own right. Joe Stimson, Jojo Fafita, Josiah Pahulu, a young front rower. Uh, we'll see if he can get his NRL debut this year. Keanu Keeney, gee, a bit of a breakout season for him last year. Didn't get a lot of minutes in the NRL. And Keanu Keeney, he is in this fullback triangle, trying to work out, like, what a situation. How good would it be if you had Jaden Campbell, Brimson, Keanu Keeney, and they all 
play different positions. Because if you can get all three of them out there, you're a much stronger side for it. But they all like playing fullback. Bit of a head scratcher. We'll see if Akini, uh, does he play some kind of other role? He came off the bench at times in season 23. Um, I just feel like, yeah, if he wants to get first grade minutes, he may have to spend some time in the centres or on the wing. Unless Brimson shifts to centres or centres, centres, uh, or Campbell shifts out somewhere else. And Keeney, you tell him straight up, you're second in line. So if Campbell or Brimson, whoever gets that fullback jersey, if they go down, you're next up. Something's got to give in this whole situation. Uh, Keenan Pellicia, I think he'll be the lock forward. Ken Malmalo, once a warrior, always a warrior, brother. Uh, as a Warriors fan, I'm keen to see Ken back on the park. I uh, was playing Queensland Cup last year. Ken Malmalo at his best should absolutely be rivaling Alofi Khan Pereira for that left wing spot. So big year, massive year in the career of Ken Malmalo. Kieran Foran, I think this is a great season for him. Signed at the Bulldogs years ago to play again under Dez. Dez has the leaves before Foran gets there. Foran has a very tough stint at the Bulldogs. Goes back to Manly. He's playing under Dez again. He's playing once again world-class football. Goes across to the Titans. Plays great under Holbrook, but plays his best under Dez Hasler. There is no bigger beneficiary of this situation than Karen Foran. And thus, Karen Foran really having a platform to have uh, just an excellent season. Well, the beneficiaries of that are the Gold Coast Titans. So I think that works out very nicely. Cleese Haas, brother of pain. Uh, there is some talk he's going to test himself on the open market. It'd be interesting to see where he lands. Maybe the Broncos, who've just let go of Kurt Capewell. We'll have to see. Uh, Milwaukee Fotowaker. Every day I wake up just glad I don't have to tackle this guy. Uh, Philip Sammy, he's another one. He has a bit of interest around him. Seems like he's re-signed until the end of 2026. The contract system just confuses me because then I'm like, oh, when can they negotiate with him? And then you've got to like, crunch the numbers like, oh, is it a year from now? When And then I just stop. So I don't know when teams can negotiate with Phil Sammy, but word is a few having a look at him. Unbelievable player. And the Des Hazler effect, Sammy at his best, pushing for an origin return. Ryan Foran, a young back rower, no relation to Kieran. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It's sometimes, you know, you meet someone and you have the same first name. My last name is a little bit, it's pretty unique, so I don't, I don't really ever meet someone with my last name. Not something I've ever experienced, but Kieran and Ryan, the Forens. I wonder if Karen will take Ryan under his wing. We'll have to see. Uh, Sam Verrill's dummy half. Already a premiership winner with the Roosters. Tanner Boyd, young halfback. Uh, all reports are he has held on to that number seven jersey and he's going to get a huge chance this year to own it long term. Uh, this is a big make or break year. It's not going to end his career if he doesn't have the best year. But these young halves, they want to start in the six or seven at NRL level. 
We know that's all, uh, that's their desire. For Tanner Boyd, if the Titans just lack a bit of an edge, it's not going to be through their forward pack. They have an awesome backline. I think if the Gold Coast falls short of success this year, then they're going to start looking uh, at the halfback position. Now, if the Titans can have an amazing year, all of a sudden Titans are thinking, maybe we don't need a Ben Hunt when we have a Tana Boyd. I know that seems like a very bold statement, but you're only going to get a couple of years out of Ben Hunt. Tana Boyd, he was actually a player like a number of years ago now, who much like an Ashley Taylor, or I'm trying to think of other examples, Joseph Swali'i, Kalen Ponga, Tana Boyd was one coming through that, you know, the media was saying fucking comparisons to, you know, like Darren Lockyer. And at the time, Tana was in the Broncos system uh, and it was not too far removed from Darren Lockyer's retirement. Because at the time, Tana Boyd would have been like 15, 16. And they're talking. And at this time, like, I think they had Corey Norman, the Broncos. They had someone at six but they didn't have Darren Lockyer. And it was kind of at this time, like, who's going to be that next Broncos half long-term to really be that superstar? Because that's how we know the Broncos. They're a team usually full of superstars. Tanner Boyd took him a while. Took him a while. Ended up at the Gold Coast Titans. Was not handed anything. Had to serve a fair apprenticeship in the dummy half role coming off the bench. It was only last year that he really got an opportunity. I think he also played at the back end of the 2022 season and gave a good account of himself. So this is a massive year for Tana Boyd. Massive year for him. And I'm not putting any pressure on the kid. He's not listening, so it doesn't really matter anyway. But hi, Tana, if you are listening. But yeah, just shapes as a massive year. Because if he can show them that he is that guy long term, Boom, all of a sudden, you're looking at a contract upgrade. All of a sudden, you know, the more levels that you go up as a halfback, I mean, you start reaching the pinnacle, the peak of your powers as a halfback, that's when you start looking at million-dollar contracts. Now, Tana Boyd is a world away from that now, but it seems like a bit of a crossroads. It's like, do you play this year in the seven and then have to settle uh, either for a role on the bench or try and go elsewhere, probably even Super League, to be playing halfback regularly? Or do you take that next step in your career and, yeah, really take the opportunity that is there? It's a massive year for Tanner Boyd. Thomas Weaver, he is the young halfback right behind Tanner Boyd. So if Boyd goes down, Weaver, very much another one who is viewed as a long-term seven option. Tino Fasil Malawi, the captain and my choice for X-Factor player. Tony Francis, he will be gunning for an NRL debut, similarly to Alofi Khan Pereira and what he did this past season. Uh, Tony Francis, great body of work at Queensland Cup level, especially in season 23, scored a hat-trick in the grand final for the Burley Bears, uh, who did lose in that game, but Francis, his stocks, Definitely didn't take a hit in that one. So Tony Francis, uh, he will be in the mix, uh, probably pushing Philip Sammy for a spot on that right wing. And the last guy listed was Tremaine Spry. 
uh, but he is no longer with the club. He's been released. Development players Arama Howe, Ben Leo. Keep an eye out for Ben Leo. He is one, uh, definitely not a name everyone's aware of. He's only a young kid. Young front rower. I think out of these development players, Ben Leo is very likely uh, to make his way into the NRL side later in the year. Jalen DeGroote. Guess where he plays? Fullback. Fucking hell. Hopefully, you know, what's the bet he's going to be awesome? What's the bet? He is pretty awesome. I have seen highlights of him. Good young player. And a lot of these guys on the development list, in fact, all of them, uh, this is not their first rodeo for a Titans preseason. So they're progressing. They're doing what they have to do. They are now development players. So now it is a reality. The dream starting to be closer to a reality uh, of a first grade debut. Jalen DeGroote, fuck, I bet he's going to kill it. And then they're going to have four awesome fullbacks. Uh, Oscar Bryant, a young dummy half. I also don't know why I'm going to say this, but he's ginger. There's a side note for you. Oscar Bryant, ginger dummy half. Seth Nicotimo, uh, he is a back rower. Then you got the train and trialists. This is where my bread is buttered. I love looking over the train and trial squads. Usually there's a number of names where I'm like, I have, I have no clue who that is. It's fun. It's like you get to find out some new players. And then there are some other guys where I'm just such a nuffy. Like I pay close attention to the juniors. I play co- uh, close attention to New South Wales Queensland Cup. So there's a lot of names that haven't ever played NRL, but guys that I'm aware of. And I'm like, oh. Fuck yeah, you're getting a chance here. Uh, So Gold Coast train and trial players. I went to the Titans website, uh, which is where I got this information. Vika Sikaheli, young number nine. He's a former New Zealand schoolboys hooker. That's a very talented rake. Last year played the interchange hooker role at Q Cup level for the Burley Bears. I went all the way to the grand final. And now for Burley, they have a guy called Pat Politoni who has been their number nine for years. Just a fucking absolute veteran of the game, and he's a gun. Uh, so for Vika Sekaheli, he hasn't been able to get that regular starting nine opportunity, uh, and he's been progressing. Bench opportunity at cup level. This year, I assume, the goal will be to play number nine. Uh, and Burley, I feel like they linked up with another club, maybe even Dolphins or someone, Broncos. I feel like Burley linked up with someone, not the Titans. And I was like, that's fucking weird. So I think Gold Coast, I assume they're still affiliated with the Tweedhead Seagulls. And I believe from this season, Ipswich Jets, who the last few years had been without an affiliate club, which is tough at cup level because you've got guys who are in NRL squads coming in, helping out all the other rosters, whereas... For the Ipswich Jets, they just had Ipswich Jets guys. So it was a tough... There was a fucking game for these Ipswich Jets guys. Not a single NRL player gifted to them to say, here you go, here's someone to, you know, help you compete. Ipswich Jets, they look at the team list. Okay, we're playing Sunshine Coast Falcons. Fullback, Ryan Pappenhausen. Ah, fuck. And then center, Justin Olin. So... Ipswich Jets, they will be boosted big time. And Ipswich is a rugby league heartland. 
So weird that Burley and Titans, not affiliated now, are but Ipswich. I like this because like I said, they didn't have any affiliate players. This opens the door for a guy like Vicar Sikaheli, who now, instead of playing the backup role to Pat Politoni at Burley, he can play full-time number nine at cup level for Ipswich, or at least that can be the goal. So interesting note there, new affiliation. Uh, but Vicar Sikaheli back for another crack at breaking into this team was part of preseason last year. As was Caleb Namanu, a promising outside back who's been in the Titans system for a few years now. 19 Queensland Cup appearances last season, 18 tries scored. So 18 tries in 19 games. That reads nicely. Ah, oh, fucking hell. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that. Uh, speaking of impressing, well, Caleb Naomanu has got a chance to impress during the trials. Then we've got Joseph Shannon. Never trust a man with two first names. This is his first ever train and trial opportunity. Fuck yeah. How good. Can you imagine the nerves? Uh, but also the excitement for young Joseph Shannon. Uh, now he played for Burley Bears in the under-21s. Uh, and he's a young Ford who gets to learn from the likes of Tino, Fodoeka, Palacia, and Liu this preseason. Then we have Sam Stevenson. He is the son of former Manly and Cronulla player Paul Stevenson. 17 years of age is Sam, a strike outside back who made the Queensland schoolboys team in 2023. Now Sam has been in the Titans system from an early age. I don't think we'll see him this year at NRL level, uh, but it looks like he's rising through the ranks. So that's a name to keep an eye on, Sam Stevenson. Zane Harrison, a talented young playmaker who earned New South Wales under-17s representative honours. Uh, now Zane is still attending Palm Beach Corumbin High School. So what a time to be alive. This young fella is going to get a taste of life as a first grade footballer. And then he's gearing up for year 12. Pretty good too, because he gets to get into this preseason, have a taste, and because he's still in school, no schoolies. So yeah, he's got the preseason in here. And even if all goes to shit, well, at least he got schoolies next year. But Zane Harrison, he's another one we probably won't see this year, but I like Titans. I like what Titans are doing. A lot of their guys that are awesome have come through at the Titans. Uh, we've also got Alex Leopai, Tom Stedman, young half, Luke Burton, who played for Tweed Heads at cup level. He's a middle forward. Kyle Coghill, uh, who is an Ipswich Jets signing. So there's a couple of guys that Ipswich Jets have signed in the Queensland Cup who get to come experience a preseason. And hey, you never know. You impress the right people. All of a sudden, you're in the NRL squad. Uh, Jordan Penquit, also a Jets signing. And Jack Garrid, a middle forward who formerly played for Penrith in their Jersey flag side. Could be one to keep an eye on this preseason. Mr. Jack Garrid. You're going to need to open your eyes for this one. It's the one to watch. I need some music. I need some music for that. 
but I don't have any, so just imagine awesome music. Uh, one to watch. One young player from each club I have chosen during the series. One young player to watch. One to watch. Pretty simple explanation. Uh, my one to watch for the Titans. Young halfback Tom Weaver. And now in terms of half depth at the Titans, there aren't heaps of guys. There's not a lot of depth. Now they have some good options, but we see in the NRL injuries, suspensions happen at the drop of a hat. So opportunities are going to open up. It is unlikely that Kieran Foran and Tanner Boyd will string together a full season without missing any games. And unless Brimson or Jaden Campbell is looked at in the halves role, then Tom Weaver is very clearly the next man up. In fact, he finished the season in the halves in 2023. He's a junior New South Wales rep, and I expect to see plenty of him in the coming year. I think either Tanner Boyd, Kieran Foran, there may be an injury, suspension, something that opens the door. Tom Weaver, I believe, is next man up, so he is one to watch. I think we're going to see a lot of him this year, and I don't think he's going to come in and, you know, totally change the game, reinvent the wheel, be the next fucking Jonathan Thurston, but he's a very handy player, and like I mentioned with Tana Boyd before, who is currently in the process of trying to lock down that seven jersey, if he's not able to do so, does the club look to someone like Ben Hunt? very likely, or Tom Weaver, is now his time to develop, and if Tanner Boyd doesn't work out in a year or two, Tom Weaver could be ready to lead full-time, so he's my one to watch, can kick goals, Uh, my favourite thing in terms of playing-wise from Tom Weaver is his defence, now a lot of what I've seen from him has been in the junior grades, so not against men, Uh, But the way he puts his body on the line, I think if he can adjust to playing against men in the NRL, which will take time, he's obviously going to be a target being a young half, uh, but his willingness in defense, I've seen body language there that suggests he may not be the finished product right now, and there may still be some defensive lapses, but just the way he goes about it tells me uh, that if we are to see him in the Titans' long-term lineup, I think defence could be the biggest staple of his game. Uh, Now, he played a full season of Queensland Cup for Tweed Heads last year, also made his NRL debut. Uh, So he has had a bit of an adjustment period to playing against men. We would imagine he'll start the year in Queensland Cup playing against men, uh, but I don't think it'll take too long before he finds himself in the NRL lineup. Uh, Now, he can play in the six, can play in the seven, I think he's best suited to playing halfback, which there's no more pressure in the NRL than the number seven jersey. So massive season ahead for Thomas Weaver. He is my one to watch. The draw for 2024. Our Titans draw. The mission, start strong. Uh, I've looked across all their fixtures The first three rounds, I think this is as important as any segment of the competition. Uh, Now, usually if a team starts fast, it's like, ah, well, there's plenty of the competition to go. Uh, Look at the Rabbitohs in this past year. 
But for the Titans, a fast start is crucial. Especially with the origin period, they're going to have to be, at the very least, without Tino Fasua Malawe. They've got a tough draw, which I'll get into in a moment. But the first three rounds of the season, I think Gold Coast, it'll be a failure if they come away with anything less than six points, competition-wise, which would have them around the top of the table. Of course, very start of the season, they need this platform because it's going to get a lot more difficult. But as far as the start, Dragons round one and the Gold Coast, by round two, guaranteed two competition points. So if you beat the Dragons in that first game, Dragons, fuck, there aren't many other teams you'd take over the Dragons to play in round one to try and get off to a winning start. If they do so, round two by four competition points, then they play the Bulldogs at Belmore. Bulldogs, another lower place team. Titans, I think, should endeavour to have six points by the end of round three and be sitting up toward the top of the table and work from there. If they drop the Dragons game or the Bulldogs game, I know it's only one game, but it, it could be a sign that this is a, a very similar Gold Coast to what we've come to know. Defensive lapses, not being switched on for the full 80, inconsistency week to week. Dragons and Bulldogs with the bye. There's your start. That is your platform. But according to the Fox Sports Labs, despite the easy start, quote unquote easy start, uh, the Titans have the second hardest draw, according to Fox Sports Lab, of any club this season. Bunnies have the hardest, uh, but Titans, they've crunched the numbers. I'm not huge on laboratories and all that stuff. Like, you just, you can't predict like a Warriors 2023 or a Cowboys 2022. You can't predict uh, some of the drop-offs from the top eight at times. So these are just numbers, but the numbers suggest Titans' second hardest draw. Uh, So that makes the start those first three games, crucial. I think they collect six points. The biggest thing they take away from that is confidence. And from there they can build. They come into round four with any less than six competition points and things are already off to a bit of an ordinary start because Bulldogs, Dragons, Gold Coast talk about getting premierships. Bulldogs and Dragons, as things stand, those are teams... You just simply have to beat if you want to be winning premierships. Uh, So that, as far as the draw, is what I see as most important first three weeks for the Gold Coast. Uh, This is the staff writers, shout out to them, analysis uh, for the Titans draw. The Titans have a cushy start to the season, facing just one of last year's top eight teams in the first seven rounds. So there you go. It's not just the first three. The first seven rounds, they'll have an opportunity, but I still, I feel like with that buy in round two, sandwiched between Dragons and Bulldogs, that is screaming out for six-point start. Uh, Now, Titans, they're going to have to make hay while the sun shines early. (laughs) There we go. That's a bit of a term from the staff writers. Uh, But that's kind of what I was saying. They, They need to get off to a good start. Uh, They face Dragons, Bulldogs, and Dolphins, 
to go with a buy in the first month. However, Titans use up all their buys by round 17 and will play 10 straight games to finish the year, culminating in a round 27 clash with the Panthers. So if they go into the very last round of the year relying on a win, they're going to have to beat the Panthers. Uh, 10 straight games. The buy, their buys are not in great spots. Round two is not an optimal time to rest, you know, after just one game. Round 17, they'll need a rest then, but then 10 straight games. So, yeah, it is going to be a big ask. And if they don't get off to a flying start, then that 10 straight games is going to start to wear on them. Things, I, I think things like that, where you're playing 10 consecutive games, significantly easier if you're in form, you're confident. If it's the same inconsistent Titans, something like that uh, is all it's going to take to break them. Uh, now, keeping fresh for a finals charge will be key, no shit. Uh, Hasler's round 7 clash with old club Manly should be mouth-watering, particularly if both clubs are travelling well, which they could be. It could be, so yeah, Titans, Manly. That'll definitely be a clash. Imagine if Titans wore a Pride jersey, just to spice it up. I shouldn't have even said it. This fucking nav. I've divided the listeners. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah. Titans Manly. Woohoo. Can't wait for that one. Gonna be epic. Um, final thoughts on Titans draw. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention. Now positive start. Most important. Queensland derbies. Now when I was looking at my overall ladder predictions. The theory I kind of have with four Queensland clubs, even with three uh, in the last couple of years, I feel like the Queensland derbies are massively important. And I know this is like very obvious given that they're winning, but whoever wins the most in the Queensland derbies, I think they'll be around top four. In fact, I think they will be in the top four. Uh, now, that there are four clubs, that is more Queensland derbies. So the best Queensland club, I think they won't just be the best Queensland club, they'll be pushing Penrith uh, for that premiership. But on the other end of that spectrum, I believe whilst there's a benefactor, there's got to be someone who suffers, right, from the Queensland derbies. And that would logically be the team that picks up the least wins. Cowboys, Broncos, they look very strong. Titans, Dolphins, well, Dolphins just got Farnworth and Flegler. Queensland derbies for the Titans. They need need to show up in those ones. Uh, and as far as Gold Coast season, those will be the highlight games, uh, as well as Magic Round, where they'll be playing at Suncorp. The Queensland appearances and the derbies, it's going to be tough. Broncos, Cowboys, fucking great sides. You'd imagine Dolphins going to be better. So those are my two things, my two takeaways from the draw. Positive start is essential, absolutely paramount. Uh, and Queensland derbies. Titans need to be on the winning end. Uh, and I feel like it is a tough ask. I, I think Broncos, they are the ones likely who will be that top four side and who win the most Queensland derbies. The year before, it was the Cowboys, uh, but we'll have to see. They are going to have a high level of importance this season, though. 
On to the spine uh, and looking at the Titans team in general, fullback, Jaden Campbell or AJ Brimson? Now, I'm not going to go too much further into this debate because, yeah, I don't know how you decide. Because Brimson, fuck, a Queensland origin player at fullback, but Jaden Campbell cannot be denied. Uh, now, Brimson to the centres. With each passing week, I think this is the way it's going to go. Trials are going to be telling. Because you've also got to fit Keanu Keeney in there. Do they all get a go at fullback? Or does someone make the switch in the preseason? Like I said, trials we're going to see. I think AJ Brimson to the centres. I just, we cannot deny Jaden Campbell. I think he's ready for the fullback role. He can play six, but... Right now, the best Jaden Campbell in the number one. Uh, and Brimson, he offers strike. I think he'll be fine in the centres. I thought potentially halfback, but I know there's a lot that comes into the game, like your kicking, your organisation. There's so much more Brimson would have to take on, uh, which doesn't really complement his skill set, his running game, his speed. Centres, though, uh, he can still very much get out into open space we see centers like Joey Manu rove around the field, play both sides. There's nothing stopping Brimson from doing that. Uh, but Jaden Campbell, when I think about Des Hasler, and then I cast my mind back to Ben Barber in full flight, Tom Trebojevic at the peak of his powers, it's just, it excites me fucking so much to think of what Des Hasler could do with Jaden Campbell. Like it could get to that level where Jaden Campbell has a Dally M season and absolutely fucking brains it. I, without, you know, having any influence over the Titans' decision making, I would love to see Jaden Campbell at fullback. Brimson in the centers. What interests me as well, let's say for argument's sake, Campbell does get the nod for fullback, Brimson centers. Keanu Keeney, like I said, you've got to fit him in there. So do you exclusively have Brimson focusing on the centres? Uh, given halves depth, do one of Campbell and Brimson be looked at uh, as a halves option as well? I think Keanu Keeney, the best way to appease everyone is to give Keeney that next man up role. Where rather than being the third guy in line, now you're the second guy. Like I said, injury, suspensions... They happen all the time. You can start getting Keanu Keeney into the mix. Uh, but yeah, it's a decision I'm glad I don't have to make. Like, it's, it's comical. It is comical that Titans down toward the bottom of the ladder and they have these three unreal fucking players, all specialist fullbacks. Blimey. Uh, but the Des effect, lastly on the spine, uh, as far as fullback, we know what Des can do. You had Barber, you had Turbo. Let me also bring into this conversation Brett, or Brent. It's Brett, fucking hell. <laughs> Brent, Brett Stewart. I actually saw him once. I served him when I worked at Coles back in the day in Melbourne. And I was like, Is that fucking Brett Stewart? I didn't say anything. Uh, people just want to get their shopping and shit. But I was like, is that... Brett Stewart, not Brent Stewart. Luckily, I didn't say anything to him. I would have been like, Brent Stewart. 
Uh, but yeah, like Hasler has worked his magic with every fullback he has worked with. So I, I just think Jaden Campbell, when I think of the Des effect, I'm visualizing Jaden Campbell giving us some fucking highlights for the ages. Fullback. Well, some clubs, they're struggling to even put together one fullback option, so not, not the worst position to be in. A 5 8 that is very clearly Karen Foran's role. Are some talk about whether he'd shift to halfback, one of Campbell or Brimson, to 5 8? Uh, but Des, Karen, they are intent on sticking with the plan. Foran plays his best at 5 8. Uh, and the backup, will Tom Weaver, my one to watch, if Foran goes down, which not insane to suggest he is at the tail end of his career, has had troubles with injury, or, although been able to put that behind him. Foran's so tough though, like, imagine being the backup 5'8", and you're like, fuck, just waiting for my chance, and you're like, oh sweet, Foran's like hobbling around training, he looks absolutely fucked, couple of days out from game day, you know, you think, oh I'm a sniff here, I reckon he's going to get ruled out. You get to game day, he's just needling himself up, being a tough son of a bitch, and it's like, damn, you know, like Foran is so tough. So tough. So he's not going to miss any game unless he absolutely has to. But I think there will be some kind of period, given his playing style, where he will miss some time. So Tom Weaver, that will open the door. Or Brimson, Jaden Campbell. That's a side note uh, as far as backup 5 eighths. Halfback, well, I've spoken about Tunner Boyd. What a big year it is for him. Tom Weaver, my one to watch. He is who I believe is next in line. Uh, and looking across the squad, and this is just my opinion, I could be dead wrong, there was no one else, as, as far as specialist halves, that jumped off the page. So as far as depth, really it looks like Kieran Foran, Tanner Boyd, Tom Weaver. So Tanner Boyd, Tom Weaver, they'll be competing for that halfback spot. Tanner Boyd gets the start. Uh, but like I said, that's the most important part of the season. So I think by round 10, if Titans fumble the bag, if they have this quote-unquote easy start and they fumble the bag, by round 10 they could be looking to make changes. So Tom Weaver, massive year for him, massive year for Tanner Boyd, a massive year for Sam Verrills in the dummy half position. His focus will be to be fit and firing. And when he is fit, he's usually firing. It's been the issue of staying on the park. So Sam Verrills, uh, he's been a key signing for the Gold Coast Titans. They brought him over last year. This year, they'd love a full season out of him, and he is hugely important. So when you look at those combinations, on the left side, Foran, I mean, look how many tries Alofi Khan Pereira scored outside of him. Look at the form David Fafita was able to reach uh, once he was unlocked outside of Kieran Foran. Uh, so Foz on that left edge is epic. Verrill's making decisions out of dummy half. Uh, he's very safe, very reliable, but also has some spark. Can bring the running game into play. Uh, not afraid to create opportunities in attack himself close to the line. Uh, so in, as far as that combination, Foran, Verrill's, I think a lot of running the show and that responsibility will be on their shoulders. 
Tanner Boyd, I think it's going to be fundamentals. You know, make your tackles, get to your kicks, uh, and just do the 1% is right. I know that's very cliche, but for Tanner Boyd, I don't think they're saying to him, you know, you need to be our Nathan Cleary. You need to be our Adam Reynolds, our dominant half. Foran, without playing halfback, is the dominant half. So for Tanner Boyd, uh, I'm curious to see as he evolves as a first grader uh, exactly kind of how he plays his role. Does he run the ball? Is running the ball something he really brings into play? I think kicking, I think the kicking game is something where Tanner Boyd can stamp his mark. Because Kieran Foran, he's a good kicker, uh, but halfback, that's one of the most important duties. So for Tanner Boyd, it'll be focusing on fundamentals. Uh, but going back to the combinations, having Foran alongside you, it's an exciting partnership. Uh, and it's all about who's the fullback. Because when you look at the spine, it's hard to truly imagine the combinations without knowing who is going to be the fullback. That is the biggest question. Uh, looking across the rest of the team, uh, as far as the wings, and look, preseason, there are injuries. Uh, some people come back not as fit as they should be. Some guys who weren't expected to play first grade in round one come back in the shape of their life. Uh, so this is just what I'm thinking, but there's still heaps to play out before the side's actually named. New coach as well. Uh, I think Phil Sammy on the right wing, Alofi Khan Pereira on the left wing. That is my belief. Backup uh, options on the right wing, Tony Francis. I think he'll be gunning for an NRL debut. On the left wing, Ken Malmalo. Who, like I said, at his best, can push Alofi Khan Pereira out of the side. Does he still have that vintage Ken Malmalo? We'll have to see. Centres. Brimson, right centre? Question mark. I think Brian Kelly is a lock for the left centre position. He's played previously under Dez at Manly. That leaves one centre spot open. They do have a few options. Jojo Fafita. Uh, they brought Harley Smith Shields over. Aaron Shoup. Brimson, though. Like I said, you've got to fit fucking all these guys, all these fullbacks in the team. If it is to be Brimson in the centres, Kelly on the left side, Brimson on the right. That, that's my hot take, hot prediction. Flaming fucking hot. Get it? Well, it's hot. Uh, world-class front row. I wish I need... One thing I could do, I'm just lazy, is have effects. Like I need a, a siren. World-class front rowers, and then like an alert kind of thing to alert you uh, that we've got some serious, serious Hoss Fest. Serious Hoss Fest vibes. Uh, front rowers, Tino Fasua Malawi and Isaac Fasua Malawi. Ah, uh, fuck. I think once they saw how Tino played, they're like, there's another Fasua Malawi? We will take him. I spoke about Tino, he's my X-Factor player. Mo Fodawaker. He was this unreal player for a bit. And then there was a serious period where his form dropped off. Not just his form, but the whole Titans squad. Last year, Mo got himself back into the Queensland lineup. And he got himself back to that form and that career trajectory that we all had him on. Under Des Hasler, he's only going to get better. 
Mo Fodawaker, very, very important member of this team. Uh, you also have Isaac Liu, Premiership winner, very experienced. I thought, potentially as a Warriors fan, that maybe like if we had have released Adam Fanua Blake early for this coming season, uh, I thought maybe we would have looked at someone like an Isaac Leo. But very experienced, um, and Titans brought him over for that reason. You also have Chris Randall. I don't think he can be denied after the way he was playing at the back end of this year. Uh, just straight up the fucking guts. What I love about Chris Randall. A dummy half has just said, you know what? I want to play first grade. We're starting to see uh, a very new version of a prop. Because Chris Randall, five years ago, he ain't a prop. Now, he's fucking elite. Uh, you also have Jamin Jolliffe. He himself is elite. Is he an Irish international? He's an international of some kind. I believe he played for Ireland at the World Cup. Uh, Jolliffe, he came over from the Sharks a number of years ago. Wasn't a big signing at all. Uh, and was a bit of a surprise to me when I saw him emerge in the Titans' first grade squad. Everything I've seen since that point has confirmed, like, holy shit, this guy is a first grader through and through. Uh, I believe he'll be in the best 17, Jamin Jolliffe. Uh, and Aaron Clark, the other option in the front row. As I said, I believe Keenan Palacia will play lock forward. David Fafita. Now the back row is interesting. Fit and healthy. Absolute game breakers, as important as any players in the Titans side. But both of these elite Queenslanders, they're coming off injuries. Well, Fafitas has an injury right now. I suffered a pectoral injury in the preseason. Uh, I'm not a physio, so I can't tell you when he's coming back. But I think he might miss the start. He could very well miss the start of the season. He's at least going to miss a huge chunk of preseason as well as the trials. And look, usually the platform for the best seasons and the best form uh, is getting through a full preseason and going through the trials. Uh, it becomes a lot harder when all of a sudden your trials are like round five of the NRL. Like it's already, it's already on. That's your trial. That's your opportunity to gain some fitness. Uh, so that is definitely a big point. As for how long he's out, I don't know. So I can't really speak too much more about that. But any time Fafita is out of this lineup, uh, all of a sudden, they, they just lose so much. They still have Tino, yeah, they still have all these guys, but there's only one David Fafita. Actually, there's not. <laughs> Andrew Fafita's twin brother is also David Fafita. So disregard that. Uh, Bo Fermoy. He is the other one who got injured in preseason last year from memory. I don't know if this is correct. It was an ACL. Fuck Fermor at his best in the Titans starting back row for sure. The only question mark, how's he going to come back from the injury? Uh, other options, you have Cleese Haas, who played a lot of first grade last year, and Joe Stimson, ever reliable. Uh, not just a sports report, crystal ball. This is my Titans lineup. Uh, I don't live or die by it. It's just everything I just mentioned, I kind of formulated this lineup naturally. 
Our fullback, Jaden Campbell. Although, fuck, a lot of questions there. Who's it going to be? Wings, Khan Pereira and Sammy. Uh, Brian Kelly, AJ Brimson in the centres. Foran and Tana Boyd in the halves. Sam Verrills in the nine. Fodawaka, Tino Fasuamale up front. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that's some bang for your buck as far as a starting front row pair. David Fafita with a little star next to his name uh, because of the injury thing. So if he's not there in round one, uh, maybe Cleese Haas comes into the starting lineup. Bo Furmore, if he's fit, if he comes back, raring to go and in shape, which he will be. It's just all about, you know, how's his body pulled up? Uh, if it's pulled up well, I have Bo Furmore starting in the back row. Palacia in the 13. Bench, Chris Randall, Isaac Leo. Uh, either Cleese Haas, or if Haas starts, Joe Stimson and Jamin Joliffe. Uh, then I've got 18, 19, 20, and 21. Uh, guys who uh, we'll see throughout the year for sure. Keanu Keeney, Jojo Fafita, Tom Weaver. One to watch. Uh, and Aaron Clark. There we go. The big question on the tip of everyone's lips this festive season, who will Des name in round one? The final assessment. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is the part I seriously need to get some special effects. Um, the final assessment. This is where we wrap it up. This is where I give my ladder prediction like I said, it's secondary to the podcast. Like, everything I've talked about for the last roughly hour and a half has been more of a preview, right? Rather than my takes, my hot takes and predictions. Although there's been a couple in there, some hot takes, some flaming hot ones. Uh, but the final assessment, this is where the prediction comes out and final thoughts and we call it a day. Ah, okay, point of difference for the Titans. Dynamic duo. Uh, find a way, this is what I wrote in my notes, find a way to get Brimson and Campbell on the field together for the full 80 minutes. That is the overriding theme. Now, Des Hasler coming in, a huge talking point. The Titans right now, that is our biggest perception of them, right? It's this fullback situation. If they can get both on the field at the same time, this dynamic duo, holy shit. Holy shit. One of them, that's a game changer. Two game changers? Wowee. That is the point of difference, but can they find a way to do it? I think that is the goal. That's what they're trying to work out this preseason, the way to do it. But if they can't, Someone's got to go. If Jaden Campbell isn't playing first grade at the Titans, goodness gracious. I'd eat my hat, but I'm not wearing a hat. Uh, so that is the point of difference. Dynamic duo. Uh, also, the front rowers. Massive point of difference. Uh, if the Titans can defend the line strongly, then they can remain consistent, uh, just more across the board. But it's the defense that it does come back to because they have the points covered. So if you can defend, the points will flow off the back of that. It's just, it's the one thing where they continually get caught slipping 
it's the defense. So the key for the Titans this next season, uh, I say this with 100% certainty, they need to lock down their defense because they have a lot of potential as a team, but this potential is being hampered by their defensive lapses. And if they want to become this premiership powerhouse, uh, which is definitely the goal of this organization, defense. You have to be in the top three or four defensive units to be winning premierships. And the Titans are so far from that. Not even close to that. But when you look at attack, when you look at all the other areas of the game, they are in there. They are in the mix with all the teams in the NRL. Defense is holding them back. So the key in this final assessment, defense. Prediction, I'm going 16th. I know. It's hard. It's hard picking a ladder. This was actually the hardest one to pick because I went Tigers and Dragons, 17th and 15th. Bulldogs, I had 12th, half 12th. Titans, 16th. Once I had all the other teams and there weren't Dragons or Tigers, Bulldogs to choose from, all of a sudden I was like, shit, who in my predictions comes second last? I, I thought every side was capable of making the eight. And yeah, there are a few sides where I'm like, you could play top four, you could come second last. Hard to tell. Titans are one of those. Titans are one of those where they could finish top four, especially if they get off to a great start. Uh, but as far as my justification on why I have them second from bottom, I think it's a transition period. I think we're going to see Des Hasler do some great things. That That's what makes me doubt the second last prediction because Des Hasler, usually when he arrives at the club, they kill it. They absolutely kill it. Uh, but my rationale was halfbacks. Once I got to the final point of like, fuck, who do I put second last? I was finding it hard because yeah, Titans, I'm like, they could make the top eight. Uh, but I did this prediction series in 2021, going into the 22 season, uh, and Titans were the club that burnt me. I think I had them somewhere in the eighth, maybe even eighth, and they were so shit. So I just remembered that. I went, you know, I did put my faith in you the first time I did this series, and you betrayed my faith. So then I thought, all right, well, Titans... I'm not putting you in my eight. And it came down to halfbacks. And I was looking at the other clubs, some of my other candidates for second last. I compared the halfbacks. And with all respect to Hatana Boyd, uh, when I compared, yeah, with other clubs, some I won't name, just so I don't spoil what's to come in the series. But, you know, for instance, the Dragons. They have Ben Hunt. So, yeah. I'm going second last. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but I didn't do this series for this past season. Like I said, I did it going into the 2022 season. I had Cowboys second last for the 22 season. Look what they did. Look what they did. They made it all the way to the preliminary final. So we will see. Could this be the same case? Could this be... Me looking at a team, thinking it's going to go one way, and it goes the total opposite. Hopefully for Titans fans, 
that's what happens. Uh, but yeah, I thought that's interesting to note, you know, that my, th my predictions are secondary to the podcast. And 16th is where I have them. But the last team I put 16th made the prelim finals. So Titans, it is vital to get off to a big start. They're also going to have to navigate the origin period halves depth. Uh, that, that was where it all came down to. So I think if Foran and Boyd go down, all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure on Tom Weaver. And after that, then all of a sudden, who who is in the halves? If, you know, two of those three aren't available. So a lot to watch out for. I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm a positive guy. So I really hope to be proven wrong with this pick. But let us finish today's podcast. Gold Coast Titans, 16th place. So that's four podcasts done now in this series. I'm about to immediately start recording the fifth. I'm yet to put anyone in my predicted top eight. So all eight spots still up for grabs because, yeah, I did about 13 potential top eight clubs. There are some that are like locks. But then, yeah, th what I love is that there aren't enough spots. Like there are some fucking good teams. And a couple of them are going to miss out. Like this past year, the Eels had a period where they were on a surge. Same with the Cowboys. But now, given the class of the competition, uh, even the lower sides getting stronger, uh, we're starting to see a bit more of a level, play, uh, level playing field outside of Brisbane and Penrith. But yeah, I, I still got to work out. I'm still working out who is in my top eight. I have to... I have to take a couple of teams out, which I think speaks volumes right now uh, about the strength of the competition and where it's at. I compare it to something like Super Rugby Pacific. I was talking to my dad last night, night before. Uh, he is a Brumbies man through and through. I was like, when's the last time you watched a Brumbies game? He's like, oh, well, it's on Stan Sport now. I don't have that, so I don't watch it. I'm like, Exactly. And even when you do watch it as a Kiwi, you know, there is a fucking gap in discrepancy. A gap in discrepancy, that's the same kind of vibe, my bad. Uh, there's a massive discrepancy in class, I shall say, between the Kiwi sides and the Australian sides, which that's a union problem. I'm not going to talk about that. But, I mean... To give you another example from a gambling point, which is not really what I like to focus on, but say the Crusaders play the Waratahs, Crusaders at home, you'll be lucky to get a dollar ten odds. So that is kind of where it's at. Whereas rugby league, you tune in, every game matters, it's all exciting. There are about 13, 14 clubs. In fact, there are 17 clubs going into this year that believe finals is their destiny. So there are a lot of teams that are going to miss out. And there are going to be a couple of great teams that are going to, they're going to fucking look back and think they've made a couple of mistakes, like the Cowboys, like the Eels, like the Rabbitohs this year. Some great teams are going to miss out. So it is as strong a competition as that has been in a long time. 
And next up, I am very excited for this one, the Dolphins season preview. Like I said, last time I did this series, 2001 slash 2001, wow, 2021, 2022, uh, which Dolphins weren't around then. They definitely weren't around in 2001. Fuck, I would have been five. Imagine. Fuck, that would be a rogue season preview from a five-year-old in 2001. Anyway, I'm wrapping it up. I just, I sidetracked myself with the 2001 thing. But Dolphins are next up. I'm super excited because I've never done a Dolphins season preview. And last time I was doing this season, uh, series, the Dolphins existed, but they had no players. And one of my favorite things that I'm a massive nuffy about Gains and losses. I love when there's a new team. An absolute fucking simp for a new franchise. When you have an empty slate, no roster, and you start building. So last time I did this series, I had no idea what the Dolphins team was going to look like. Now we have an idea. Throw in Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler, a guy like Jake Avarillo, Wayne Bennett, his last year coaching the Dolphins before Christian Wolf takes over. The super exciting mix of these young guys they've got coming through. Uh, some experienced guys. Jesse Bromwich looks like it's going to be his final season. There's plenty to talk about with the Dolphins, uh, and I cannot wait to get to it. That's what I'm going to do right now. So I'm going to stop this, put this podcast out into the world, and then it's time for the Dolphins one. I'm uh, also going to try and get the Sea Eagles one out, which is after that before the end of the weekend. Uh, so it's Friday. That's two podcasts in three days. So thanks for listening. It's time for me to get to the next one. Appreciate you as always. And yeah, have a ripping weekend and festive season. I forgot. I forgot about the festive season. If it's Christmas, if it's Hanukkah, if it's something else, fucking enjoy it. Even if you just, there's no holiday. There's no anything involved and it's just the 25th of december to you have a good one enjoy it spend some time with family if your family aren't around spend some time with friends if you don't have some friends get yourself a fucking nice present it's good to treat yourself presents personally are my favorite part pretty shallow you know a lot of people it's like about getting together with the family you know we only get to see each other once a year I'm like, what is in that fucking box? What is in that box? That box has my name on it. What's in it? Uh, so get yourself a present. And if you have no money, well, fuck yeah. Inflation, there's a lot of shit going on. And I don't know what to tell you. Um, if you have no money, hopefully you've got family and friends around. Uh, if you don't, well, you've always got not just the sports report. So Dolphins podcast coming out. Seagulls as well. That's two podcasts right there. That's that's a couple of hours if you're Christmas sorted. Beautiful. Anyway, festive season, Hanukkah, all that jazz. No matter what it is, hopefully you enjoy it.